I want to welcome you to the Targeting Doctors Mastermind Group. Here, financial advisors learn advanced marketing strategies to help them increase their assets under management and accelerate their business growth. So let me pose a question for you. When your prospect learns your name, they will most likely Google you. What kind of information will they find? Will they find information that will make them more likely to contact you or less likely? Well, it's my great delight to welcome as our special guest, Chad Barr. Chad is an expert who helps you make it much more likely that your prospect is going to take a look at your Internet presence and decide that you're the financial advisor for that person. I've known Chad for over a decade. I think he's one of the international gurus in leveraging your online presence to support your business success. Chad is an internationally known speaker and author of many publications, including his newest book, The Million Dollar Web Presence. Uh, Chad, welcome to the call. Uh, great to be here, Vicki. I'm looking very forward to this. Well, great. Well, Chad, why don't you start us off? What can your website and your Internet presence do for you? <laughs> Great question to start, and you started by putting two different concepts uh, on the table here. No, number one, your websites, and number two, your web presence. And from my perspective, there's this key distinction between the concept of a website versus a web presence. So perhaps let me start by suggesting this. Uh, anytime I get a, an inquiry either over the web or in person when someone says to me, can you help me put together a website? My typical reply, although I realize it may be slightly provocative or contrarian, is you are already thinking about it completely wrong. And I know that it shakes up people when I first say that. And here's the reason why I feel that way. If the entry point of thinking about your website is where you want to start, uh, there are so many other things that are so much more critical before you start to focus on the website. And let me give you an example. My first suggestion for my clients is, what is your business strategy? That is the entry point of thinking before you give any thoughts to what your website and therefore your web presence thereafter looks like. So the first question I always pose to my clients, let's discuss the strategy. And I realize that may even be a buzzword for some, but here's my definition of strategy. First of all, let's paint a picture of the future a year or two from now. What does that future look like? What is success? If I were to say what does success looks to you business-wise, how would you identify? How would you articulate it? That's the entry point of the discussion. Once we start to talk about what the business looks like, what is the business model, what success looks like, the next segue will be let's talk about your potential buyers. How would you describe those buyers? What is their profile Pro or profiles, plural? Where are they located geography-wise? Are they pretty much in your area? Are they domestic? Are they global? Uh, once we identify the buyers, we start to look at their preferences. What do they read? What do they listen to? What do they watch? Are there particular events that they attend that perhaps we should be there in those events? So we talk about the strategy being, first of all, painting a picture of the future. Then we talk about who is the profile or profiles of the buyers, what is their geography, 
The next part, the next segment to talk about is what is the remarkable value offerings that you bring to the table that makes you irresistible in the eyes of your potential buyer? Only then, when we identify all of this, which still falls under the umbrella of strategy, I then segue to the next part, which is all about content. And by the way, when I refer to content, I refer to anything that resembles articles that showcase your expertise, your knowledge, your wisdom that you can share with your potential buyer. It could be in the format of text, such as articles. It could be visuals, diagrams that can describe in a picture. I always say a picture is worth a thousand words. So perhaps one picture can demonstrate in one diagram what is the concept, the process you're trying to convey in your message. Perhaps audio recording, which I call podcasts, although some podcasts today could be videos, but for the sake of our discussion today, Today, I'm going to refer to podcasts as audio recording. And then, of course, videos. Um, maybe some products such as booklets and ebooks and CDs, although today I would do so more digitally rather than sending people CD. So all of it falls under the umbrella of what I call content. And I would like to actually, actually suggest that when I say content, I refer to hopefully remarkable, provocative content that gets attention from your buyer. So we talk about the strategy, we talk about the content, and only then would it make sense from my perspective to start talking about what does the website look like. I call it the wow factor. When someone shows up to your website, wherever that may be, is their first reaction going to be, wow, this is the pl place of a world-class act, the person I've been looking for that hopefully can get the answers to my question and someone I should either pick up the phone and call or someone that I should send an email and say, I have some questions or we need to connect. So again, this is quickly uh, at least the entry point when I talk about website. Uh, the, the point here to start with the strategy, then the content, and then the wow factor. From a web presence perspective, um, the web presence is your entity, you on the web in a variety of formats, uh, such as the content we talked about, but also potentially uh, should you leverage social media as one of the platforms or multiple platforms to get your message out there so people notice you and hopefully contact you. Let me pause here and see if this makes sense. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. Great overview, Chad. So for most of the people on the line, they're financial advisors who most likely are working locally to attract local clients, although there are people here who have regional and, and even national presence, and specifically we're interested in working with doctors. And what we know from all sorts of studies is that for better or worse, doctors think that they have some unique financial needs. So given that information, is there anything that the advisors on the line should be thinking about as they think about their web presence? <clears throat> you know, I, I was just uh, scanning the Wall Street Journal the other day, and uh, several titles grabbed my attention that I think are very applicable to this discussion and to your question as well. From the Friday Wall Street Journal, there are a couple of articles that said, when home buyers ask mom and dad for cash. The second one, how audiobooks got a second life, a rare bright spot in the publishing business. However, yesterday, Wall Street Journal, Monday, in the journal report section, had the following, the finances of serious illness. 
how to teach your kids about investing, coupon clipping, what it, mean, it means to, uh, for bonds, multiple rep- retirement accounts, question mark, think holistically. And lastly, another title that grabbed my attention, bond investors, you've, you've been warned, time to get serious about tweaking your portfolio. Not only some of these titles, if not all of them, grab my attention as an entrepreneur, but I believe these are the titles that most likely would grab the attention of any physician, doctor out there that may himself or herself possibly struggle with illness either in his family or the family of his patient. So the key here from my perspective and the question to those listening today and in the future to this podcast, what are you doing today from a content perspective to put powerful, provocative, uh, effective content out there that grabs the attention of people and say, this is the kind of article I would like to get the answers to and I would like to read the article, and therefore, hopefully, that article is associated with you who wrote it, and therefore, they want to pick up the phone and say, you know, this is so timely and so much resonating with me, we need to talk. So the key driving force from my perspective, and and by the way, let me just say one more thing here before I make sure that I answer your question. When I look at some of the most successful individuals worldwide, and I talk about it in my book that you mentioned, Mill and Web Presence, when I look at some of the most successful individuals, also some of the most successful thought leaders in a variety of different fields, one thing is obvious to me. They're all prolific publishers of great content, and they they don't stop. So those thought leaders are making it a point to publish their ideas in a variety of formats, such as I mentioned before, including, of course, books and booklets and so on, and and the podcast we talked about. So I realize perhaps that may be slightly (laughs) something that people fear, but my first call to action to those that are listening to the call, uh, I encourage you to to drive your knowledge through content generation that attracts people to come to you, especially the physicians that you talked about that are your target audience. They all have issues. They all have struggle. I realize some of them are are very smart individuals that think they know everything, but I think if you can shake them up with a provocative title or something that gains interest, and I just mentioned some of, of them to you from the Wall Street Journal, I believe that you have a very high chance of gaining the kind of attention that you deserve. Well, Chad, I know that people on the line might be thinking, content creation, I'm not an author like Chad. You know, what kind of content could I possibly create? What do you have to say to those people? Uh, That's a great question. Up to about, and again, I don't remember off the top of my head, but say about eight years ago, maybe six years ago, uh, I did not realize at that time the power of what content generation does to attract the right audience. So going back eight years ago, when I've seen some success around me, I've decided to start writing on my own. And I'll say this to you. The first article that I wrote took me 32 hours. And I said to myself, there's no possible way in the world that I can invest 32 hours every month or every week to start writing articles. But then I realized I've got to do it more and more. So the second article probably took half, if not a quarter of that time. Today, and fast forward just a few months later, 
it probably on the average takes me 30 to 45 minutes to write an article that is about a page, a page and a half. So the more we do it, just like anything else, it's training a muscle. This muscle happened to be in our head. But just like any muscles are being trained, the more you do it, the easier it gets. What I would love to do right now, if we, we can do it, uh, just do a quick role play with either you, Vicky, or someone who's going to volunteer, any brave soul, just to show from my perspective how hopefully easy it is to generate content. So any suggestion, whether it's you or someone else on the call that volunteer. volunteer? You volunteer? Okay. Who is this? Uh, Corey Bear. I'm sorry, who is the volunteer? Corey Bear. Do you want to volunteer, Corey? Oh, no, I just joined the call. Okay. Uh, Welcome to the call, Corey. We almost volunteered you for a role play. Ooh. I'll volunteer. This is Mike. Mike, oh, hey, great Mike. Mike. Mike, so let me try this with you quickly, if I may. If I were to ask you the following, what is one key challenge that your clients are facing today? What is that one key challenge that keeps repeating in discussion with them all the time? What comes to mind? With the physician market now, it's the Affordable Care Act and how it's going to impact the practice. Uh, I am having a little bit of a hard time. I heard something about the Affordable, what was it? The Affordable, the affordable. Care Act and how it's going to impact their practice and the profitability of it. Let me just make a note here. So it's all of the changes in Obamacare. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we are expecting that there will be decreasing compensation for physicians, increasing costs of conducting business with compliance issues, it's it's a grim financial future for <laughs> that doctors are looking at right now. Fair enough. And by the way, what was the, Vicky? What was the the word after affordable act? Something affordable free? Care. What is affordable care act? Care act. Got it. Okay. So, Mike, if the key challenge I'm facing as a physician is how to first of all understand what does this Obamacare means to me. What is that Affordable Care Act that you describe and its impact on my life and business? What are two or three tips you can give me? If this is my challenge, give me one, two, or three tips to, to be able to deal with the challenge today. I would say one would be that you need to look at deficiencies within your practice to lower costs. And the second would be that you need to be both within your practice and your personal finances as tax efficient as possible because every dollar less you send to Washington, D.C. is a dollar in your pocket. Love it. Give me a third tip. So number one, you said something about uh, uh, look at deficiencies uh, to cause. Uh, be as tax efficient as possible. Uh, and what's, what's number three? The third would be to... Uh, Start to implement training with your staff on how to make sure that the influx of Obamacare patients that are, in a lot of cases, going to be the first time they've had health insurance, that they understand their, their responsibilities financially with their insurance coverage, that it's not free, that they're going to be expected to pay co-pays, you know, at the time that they meet with the doctor, things like that, so that they don't end up with all these new patients and a ton of money in collections that they may never see. And if they were to do those three tips and hopefully more that you may suggest for them once they become a client, what do you see the one sentence that describes the key impact on their business? What will be better, different, improved once they follow your advice? 
what will improve. Uh-huh. Um, it hopefully would improve the bottom line so that, you know, even if they end up making less under Obamacare, they'll make less, the decrease in income will be less than if they don't do any planning and, and you know, aren't proactive. Beautiful. So let me go into what I typically do. Uh, this is the kind of typical discussions I have with my client. I'm not a, an expert in your content. I'm an expert in the process. I've developed a process that allows me to pull great ideas, great wisdom from my client's head, just like I've done with you, and I'm going to show you in a second how I would ask you to reframe this. And then just through a question I just asked you, pull amazing content, remarkable content, that then can manifest itself in a variety of formats, as I mentioned before. So I may be on a call like this on the phone, or I may be on a Skype call, or maybe even my clients will fly to be in my video studio, and I will just ask them a series of questions, and the answer will become the great content. Now, I would ask you then, which I'm not going to ask you to do it, but here's what I would do typically. I would ask you to reframe what you just said, and I'll give you an example. And here is the example. Using your information you just gave me, I'm often and that's you talking, right? I'm just using my language to re reframe it. I'm oftentimes okay. being I'm oftentimes being asked, "What is a typical challenge my clients are facing right now?" And I hear this all the time from the physicians I talk to. It's all about understanding Obamacare, making the Affordable Care Act not only understandable, but to figure out what is the impact on our lives and our business. If this is one of the challenges or one of the key challenges you're facing today, let me share with you three tips right now that could help you overcome that. Number one, you have to look at deficiencies uh, in your organization. And therefore, once you discover them, it's going to allow you to lower your cost. Number two, you have to focus on tax efficiency so you don't send too much of it to, to Washington. And number three, you have to train your staff better. You have to implement the proper training. So when Obamacare comes out, it's not only understood, it's embraced and people know what to do with it. So let me just park this question out there for you. As a physician, what are you doing today to make sure that you're not just surviving, but you're actually thriving? How was that? All right, Chad, so Mike is a rock star here. How could he package that, that content that you just crafted for him? Great question. So let me just go back to one thing that I want to, uh, a question you haven't asked me. So first of all, the example is how we all have amazing content in our area of expertise, and we have to start showcasing it and manifest it in a variety of formats, just like the one I, I described right now. Now, for those, of, of the, for those on the call who find it easy to do that and to create your own content, that's great. Just keep doing it, and the more the merrier. Start putting out their great content that gets noticed and gets people to, to associate this content with you and, therefore, to pick up the phone or email and say, we need to talk. Now, if you struggle with the creation of content, find someone like me or me or get into a mastermind group or find a colleague of yours that can easily ask you those kind of questions and pull the answers out of you. And by the way, I can pick out any of Mike's answer and dive deeper into a second, a third, and fourth piece. For example, number two, he talked about tax, tax uh, efficiency. I can craft the questions around, share with us the top three, four, five 
ways of how do I need to think about as a physician to bring into my business tech sufficiency. Or I can pick out, uh, when we look at number three, which is uh, implement proper training, what is Mike finding from his experience the best way to implement such training in organization? Now that we start to develop this content, we need to think about how do we get this content? So the word that crosses my mind right now is leverage. How do we leverage this wisdom that is created in a variety of format to start putting it out there so it gets noticed, but also create the kind of products and services that people are coming to you? So the decision then has to be, be made. What is the highest value to the physicians out there? So it could be a mentoring relationship or a coaching relationship with Mike. It could be an, uh, an, a booklet that is available either as a hard copy or perhaps even an e-book online, uh, either for free or for a fee, or perhaps even a series of booklets slash e-books that are available. And by the way, when I say booklets, uh, I could easily open it up to booklets or e-books or a podcast series, which is a, uh, just a collection of audio recording, or perhaps even a video series. So imagine if Mike goes into the studio and records, let's say for the sake of discussion, 20 videos. All, each one of them is on a different topic that hopefully is going to completely resonate with physicians out there. Now, we can take two of those 18 and craft them in such a way that we put it out there open to the public any physician can view them and then those will talk about the key challenges physicians are facing and why mike has created this online training or online course that they can watch at their leisure either at home or at the office and have their team watch to bring the kind of knowledge that mike's bring to the table and that could be for some kind of a fee two hundred dollars or two thousand whatever would make sense to charge for that the key question will be, what is the intent of the product we are creating? If the intent is to lead into other business, such as consulting or investment with Mike, then perhaps we want to give it for free as a marketing. If we want to create what's called passive income products that generate business, then I would suggest to combine some free advice out there that leads into people buying the product online and can either download it watch it online, stream it, that is, or possibly even send them some of those products to their home if that's what they want. Well, great. Well, thank you, Mike. Um, would anyone else like to volunteer here? I'll volunteer, Chad. Okay, great. Love it. So again, I did the same thing at the NSA, and by the way, um, they did not know that, but I asked for three volunteers. Uh, there was a large audience there, and I did get <laughs> easily three volunteers that we've gone through the same process. Several things we've done. First of all, they got a gift from me at the end. They got a copy of my book. So maybe that's the incentive here. Whoever is volunteer automatically gets a copy of my book. Uh, and you but want the this book, by the way. If, you want this book. <laughs> thank you. But the marvelous thing that happened, after they'd done the, the piece, uh, especially because it was live in front of an audience where they could see what I was doing. I also showed them how easy it is for me to then record uh, record what the person was 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 saying, and then we created the podcast with the and, and only all of it took me five minutes or less. So I said, "Well, you'd be interested to see right now how we create podcasts." So I, I recorded whoever was the mic that was volunteering, and then we we did the podcast on the fly. So again. 
uh, if we were to be in person together, it would be easy for me to then show the group how to record podcasts or even do videos from there. But I will, let's continue, Vicky, with uh, you volunteer. Okay. volunteer. So let's do something similar. If you were, obviously, your business is, is complementing or helping people like Mike, but what would you say today is the key challenge that you see uh, financial advisors are facing today? Engaging physicians. Okay. So if engaging physicians is my key challenge as a financial advisor, what are three tips you can give financial advisors to overcome uh, engaging physicians? Tip number one is give financial uh, give doctors what they want and earn the privilege of giving them what they need. That's tip number one. Tip number two is to remember that for doctors, money is the ultimate taboo topic, so that's probably not your best leader. And tip number three, if you want to conduct business with doctors, conduct yourself as one. Say the la- uh, please say the last one one more time, if you want to. If you want to conduct business with doctors, conduct yourself as one. I like that. <laughs> and if, you're, if, if a financial advisor follows these three steps, what is one key impact on their business that they could anticipate from that? It could mean the difference between success and failure because most advisors, once, they're, once they've got a physician engaged, they are able to move forward in the process. It's that first link in the chain of trust that's, that's the big barrier to success. And of the financial, financial advisor that you have met over the years, how many of them, just anecdotally, I don't know if we have it scientifically here, percentage-wise, how many do you think are executing the three tips and are doing it correctly versus the ones that are struggling today? I know this sounds surprising and shocking. I'd say 2%. Wow. Are doing it correctly? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so if you were to create, similar to Mike, a piece, whether it's a written piece a podcast, which will be audio recording. And by the way, if you were to, to if you, if you are thinking about creating audio audio podcast, I highly suggest that you create the integration between your site or your blog, wherever you're hosting those podcasts, into iTunes. iTunes over the years, and people may not realize that iTunes over the years has become one of the largest repositories of amazing content. You can go to iTunes today. Under podcast, search for financial advice. I believe that you will be positively overwhelmed with the amount of podcast channels that are available through iTunes. Same thing apply in my conversation here to YouTube, uh, where you're going to host your videos. Uh, so as you're thinking about creating content, make sure you push that content beyond your website. Your website is only one of the platforms where the content could reside, and this is a huge point here. But you've got to start pushing the content outside your website, your entity, into other platforms. The two I just mentioned, but there are others as well. So going back to, your, to the role play with you, Vicki, let's pretend that you're in front of the video camera in the studio. Uh, similar to what I've done with Mike, you could either start with as simple as, I'm oftentimes being asked, what is a typical cha- challenge that financial advisors are facing? Or I can say, did you know? that most likely 98% of financial advisors 
are not leveraging the relationship correct the, the relationships correctly with physicians in order not only to improve the financial advisor business but the physician business. So only two percent are doing it correctly. The key challenge I see that they are facing is how to engage physicians successfully. Here are three tips I would like to share with you right now. And again, you're looking at the camera, direct to camera. Here are three tips I would like to share with you right now. You've got to give the doctor what they want. Now, I could also make a distinction between what they want and what they need. But the key here is to focus on what they need, what they want, and then possibly to show them also most likely what they need once you establish their relationship. Number two, money is taboo, a taboo topic when it comes to doctor. Handle it with care. And number three, uh, if you want to conduct business with doctors, conduct yourself as one. And my call to action to you, or in conclusion here, I would say, if you do those three things correctly, it will make the difference between success and failure in your business. That's it. And I believe that you will find out that I'm not trying to sell. I'm just trying to, and that's another key here, I'm trying to focus on providing my target audience with genuine, remarkable value that gets them to say one of the following. This is good stuff. Or, I never thought about it this way. I want to hear more. Or, the ultimate, of course, I need to contact this person because they really seem to know what they're talking about. And this is the advice I've been looking for. And lastly, I would say, even on the area of the taboo that, as you said earlier, money is a taboo for doctors, there could be a great article that perhaps even with the, with the provocativeness of why is money a taboo for most doctors? And then talk about that in an open article and give the pros and cons of that. So anyway, let me pause here and get uh, feedback and questions. Well, Chad, I, I think that your process is absolutely brilliant. So here is one of the things I hear advisors say. You know, should I really be sharing my intellectual property? I mean, will people come to me if I share my best stuff? Maybe other advisors will just steal my ideas. <laughs> I get that question all the time, and my answer is absolutely you have to share your intellectual property. I used to fear the same concept. If I'm going to share my best ideas, my best practices, everyone is going to steal that. But here's the remarkable phenomenon that, that happened. As I start to share more and more of my intellectual property, not only did I get genuine inquiries from a lot of people out there that say, I read your article, I watch your, pod I watch your video, I listen to your podcast, this is really resonating with me. Let's talk about it, and let's talk about business. So the business, again, there's no silver bullet approach here, but I would say to you that as I've embraced content creation and putting it out there, and a lot of it is in my book, and now I'm focusing on uh, starting to think about my second book, and then probably third book will come out. The more you put out there, the more it will attract people to you. But here's the other thing that happens. As you start to put your amazing content out there, it starts to force you to start thinking about new content, how to improve what it is that you wrote. So otherwise, it creates, I believe, a sense of stagnation. If you're not putting it out there, you may be doing the same thing over and over and over. Yet putting it out there not only gets it out of your head and creates that attraction to you, but as I said, it forces you to start thinking about, okay, I've said this for a year, I've said it for several months or for a couple of years, I need to come up with some new ideas that will improve my client's condition. 
and that's the miracle that happens when you start putting out the content out there. And I, I actually would suggest that you don't worry about your competitors lifting or, or stealing this, that from you. Is some of it going to happen? Sure. But the benefit, the remarkable positive things that happen when you put your content out there completely outweigh the danger of someone perhaps stealing it from you. All right. So let me just ask, let me pause for a moment and see if there might be another volunteer out there who would who would like to get Chad's input in this process. Uh, Mike O'Malley here. I've got a question for him. Hi, Mike. Please, you're welcome to pose it to Chad. Okay. Um, I can see how superior content and wow factor can capture a potential client, but I see that as being somewhat different from attracting potential clients. For instance, you can have all the great content in the world, but if no one knows you exist, um, you're not going to capture them if you can't attract them. Could you uh, address that? It's a great point. Um, really, really good point, Michael. So, so here's here's my philosophy, um, and it's 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 a visual which I call I, I co-authored the book uh, Million Dollar Web Presence with um, uh, my colleague, friend, and partner, Dr. Alan Weiss, who is the guru of marketing and other things that he's doing so, some remarkable things. And just <laughs> from a humorous perspective, uh, Million Dollar Web Presence is the book that I co-authored with him last year, which is my first book that I published, which I'm obviously very proud of. It's his 52nd book. So, of course, I say from a marketing perspective, between Ellen and I, we have written 52 books. Uh, but putting, putting, the, putting the humor aside here for a moment, uh, there is a visual in the book that is called the Internet Marketing Gravity. And, and again, if you send me an email, chad at cbsoftware.com, I will be glad to send you a copy of that visual. The concept of, the concept of Internet Marketing Gravity is what spokes of marketing should you engage in in order to start attracting people to you. So I'm just going to name. There are probably about 40, 40 spokes on that marketing gravity wheel. I'm just going to mention some of them. Your website, your blog, your podcasts, your videos, your exposure on social media, your products, your networking, your alliances with others, possibly webinars, your speaking engagement, engagements, your workshops, your articles, your books, your booklets, your newsletters, surveys and assessment, your press releases. When one for the first time looks at this marketing gravity chart or internet marketing, there, there could be a sense of being overwhelmed. My suggestion is to look at the top three that will make the most sense in your business that you can embrace. So for example, I'm a firm believer today in the power of speaking, the power of writing, and of course the power of marketing here, and everything to do with web technologies to drive this power or, or this wisdom to my clients. So if in my situation I find out that speaking resonates with me, I'm good at that, I provide tremendous value, writing is good, those are two of my key marketing gravities that, brings, that bring clients to me. I also get interview uh, quite often on interviews such as this one that Vicky was so kind to offer to, to me and to you. Uh, so not only it gets me to expose my, my knowledge to you, but it also creates 
um, <laughs> the, the, the marketing back to my, to, to, to my company. So my suggestion is this. Start thinking about what marketing spokes should you consider embracing and getting involved in that have the highest potential to attract buyers to you. So if you say to me that your target audience, as we talked about today, are physicians, my, my first question will be, are you a good speaker, Michael? If the answer is yes, how are you leveraging your speaking talent to be in front of those physicians when they go and attend some of the trade association, whatever events they're attending? If you still say to me, well, I may not want to travel as much, I may suggest for you to do a breakfast meeting or a dinner meeting inviting uh, an intimate group of physicians, maybe 12, 18 of them. I'm actually doing one in Cleveland three weeks from yesterday. Uh, so I announce it, and I'm inviting high-power entrepreneurs to come to a breakfast meeting when I'm going to show, share with them and also facilitate a discussion a little bit similar to what we're having here online. Um, but my suggestion for you, why not consider offering a breakfast meeting where you facilitate for about an hour a topic, not only you introduce the topic, um, but also you facilitate a genuine discussion as we're having right now. The more elements, the more spokes of marketing gravity that you get engaged in, I believe the higher, higher success you will witness by, trying to, by starting to see people that are attracted to you. The beautiful thing is about marketing gravity. I do not remember the date. It was many, many years ago when I needed to make an outbound call to a prospective client. 99% of the inquiries coming today are, of course, either coming through referrals or coming through people who saw me speak. And typically an email or a phone call comes to me and say, I've seen you speak. I read your article. I came across a, a podcast of yours. Uh, I would like to talk with you. So that's my suggestion for you. Embrace marketing gravity. Start to get involved in the spokes that you're good at, that attract people to you, and I think you'll see some remarkable results. Thank you very much. Thanks. You're very welcome. So if I may, let me just interrupt here and introduce everyone on the call to Michael Malley. He is the brains behind an organization called MD Preferred, and he solves a really interesting problem, and that's the issue that doctors want to work with financial advisors who have a lot of experience with doctors. So if you join MD Preferred, this is a platform in which you can describe yourself in terms of your unique ability and skill to serve physicians. So Chad, let me ask you, let's say for example, <clears throat> that um, that doctors are only one of your niches. You know, you work with doctors and small business owners. What kinds of strategies would you suggest to the listener to really demonstrate their expertise in, in serving one particular niche? I think that's, that's actually what I'm about to say is applicable to any niche that you may decide to go after, whether it's one niche whether it's multiple niches, uh, that you, it needs to be a combination of three to five things. Number one, where, what are you most passionate about? When you wake up in the morning, what is the thing that you say, I cannot wait to get started? Now, if you say to me there's no such thing, then I, I, I probably would suggest a different line of work. But yet if you say, you know, Chad, I love what I do. This is the area of my passion. Then there's a big check <laughs> 
for the first item. So you have to give some thoughts. What am I most passionate about? In my situation, for example, I cannot tell you how passionate I am about not only leveraging web technologies to help my clients completely transform their business, but how to do so not only through the website, but also with content, as we talked about today. One of my clients recently said to me in, in one of the video production we've done for her, she said, you know what, Chad, I've come to realize you help create tomorrow's thought leaders. Completely blew me away when she said that. Not only that it was so powerful, I started to use it in my marketing, creating tomorrow's thought leaders. So as you discover your passion, I believe it will be extremely rewarding for you to hear those kind of things from your clients and help you tweak and think about what it is that you're offering them. The second part is the competence, your knowledge, your wisdom, your expertise. What are you most competent about that people that makes it irresistible to want to talk to you? And I hope that everyone on the call here has tremendous level of competence and knowledge and expertise in their area, area of uh, focus. And the third one is market need. And by the way, this visual is also in my book uh, that I co-author with Alan. Uh, and the, so the third item here is market need. What is the need out there that needs to be fulfilled that my competence and my passion would fulfill? When I have the three elements, I have two more concepts here. The, the, the fourth one needs to be, what are the remarkable offerings that I have or should create in the near future that then will attract those people to me? So it could be an online course. It could be a live workshop. It could be a webinar. It could be a teleseminar, perhaps a series of booklets or eBooks. maybe a book that's in, within you that needs to come out somehow. It needs to be out there as a book uh, on this. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of even uh, uh, Susie Orman, which is to me is the poster child of financial advice to consumers, right, uh, through CNBC. Uh, could you do something like that, your own channel, either through podcasts or maybe even a video channel that showcase your expertise that will start to attract the right people to you. And lastly, when we put all those four components together, so you're providing the utmost value, but then that value generates the highest revenues for you. When you have those five things I just mentioned, to me that is the essence of success. Well, great answer, Chad. Let me ask you this. Many advisors just don't see themselves as content creators, and so they will go and hire organizations to make a video about them or post content on social media. Thoughts about that? Thoughts about using other people's intellectual property? So first of all, I would push back and say that I believe every person, if the right process is put in front of them and the right question, the right content can come out of it. Now, one, one objection I may hear, Chad, I'm not good in front of the camera, or I don't ex have experience with my voice to do podcasts, or I'm really, really not feeling comfortable writing. Okay, fair enough. I, I believe that most can overcome that challenge within a short period of time. However, there are other options available out there to create content. For example, why not consider interviewing others in your area of expertise that will, will create the kind of content that will be beneficial to physicians out there and complement what it is that you do? So I'm not suggesting that you're embracing your competitors, but for example, <laughs> uh, what technologies would make sense to physicians to consider using to help their financial security? So you bring a, a technical uh, person to talk about security, and I'm not suggesting 
myself here, but I'm just using it as one example that you can then interview someone on the area of security. Uh, you could bring someone in, in the area of uh, who knows what, uh, how to craft a perfect vacation. So bring an event planner that helps you really create dreamlike vacations that you never thought are, are even possible out there, right? So interview is one. The other thing is what I call crowdsourcing. And crowdsourcing is leveraging the knowledge of others to tap into, and then you can showcase or put the knowledge together and then bring it to your target audience. So one simple example of crowdsourcing, if I want to write an article on, uh, for example, how to leverage technologies and the web to effectively help financial advisors become more effective in their ways of uh, going after the doctor's uh, uh, market, right? Why not create a situation where I can either write to or interview three, five, seven financial advisors? Each one of them can either be asked the same question or questions, or each one of them could be asked different questions. Their answers will become the content to the article, the podcast, or the video we'll create that then I'm putting it together. I'm just facilitating bringing these great minds together. So that's why I refer to it as crowdsourcing. So again, just two ideas, Vicky, that, or three that I share with you that can help you go beyond you creating your own content. Lastly, I would say uh, a question I, I get asked all the time, how, how do you think about all this great content? Where is it coming from, Chad? There are many ways where content is coming to me or that should come to you. The best of the best is when I listen very carefully to what my clients are asking me, either just straight out asking me the question or by me asking them, what are some of the challenges you're facing? So if I were to go to you and let's say, Vicky, you're my target audience, I would say, what are some of the key challenges you're facing today when it comes to the web or when it comes to technology? Your answers will give me great topics of what to write about, possibly and most likely I've already written about. Same suggestion for you. I want to touch on one more thing that just crossed my mind as I'm talking about it. I coined a phrase about a year ago that I called targeted value. And here's what I mean by targeted value. As I start to create the content, and as hopefully all of you listening are either creating your own content or partnering with others to create effective content that then you can showcase towards the physician market in this example. Um, if I know, Vicky, that one of the uh, – what is just off the top of your head, what is one challenge you may be facing today when it comes to, let's say, technologies or even the web? Oh, uh, great question. Getting the technology, getting the um, the content delivery vehicles all set up, getting set up in the iTunes Store, getting set up on YouTube. If somebody wants to get involved with <clears throat> Facebook, and by the way, that's something doctors want to know about. How do you get set up in Facebook? Doctors would be concerned about how do I generate more revenue? How do I get more patients in my practice? Those Beautiful. are the kind of things doctors are worried about. Beautiful. So if I if 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 Pretending you're my target audience, and I'm suggesting for everyone listening just to put on the hat that I want you to do the same kind of the same type of discussion with your target audience. Ask them simply, what are some of the challenges you're facing, or start to document what you're hearing from your clients as the challenges. If your key challenge, Vicky, is content delivery, especially setting up the iTunes Store and setting up YouTube, if I already have a piece of uh, content I've created in the past. 
uh, that talks about, and I do, by the way, how to set up an iTunes store, how to deliver content, uh, I will leverage that and use it in the example I'm going to give you right now. If I don't, it's a great opportunity for me to write a piece of content, and here's what I mean by targeted value. Every single week, almost every single couple of days, I think about who among my, who among my clients or prospective clients should I quote-unquote touch today with powerful value? So if Vicky is the one I want to target today, and, and either I can do it systematically with a database that just keeps coming up with names who I should contact today, I just look at my database and say, what was that key challenge that Vicky was facing in our last conversation? And the one that, say, documented in my database is content delivery. And here's what I do, and that's what I mean by targeted value. I would email Vicky, a private email, just a regular email that says, Dear Vicky, in our last conversation, whenever that was, by the way, in our last conversation, you share with me that one of the key challenges you are facing is content delivery. I would like to share with you a podcast or an article or a video I just created that talks about nine key ways of how to easily deliver content that gets recognized by your target audience. I believe you'll find it to be of great value. How about Thursday at 10 when I would love to get your feedback and I have two other ideas I want to share with you. Beautiful. This is what I mean by targeted value. And by the way, from my perspective, if not 100%, 99.999% of whoever I send this email to, whether it's existing clients or prospective clients, I always get, would love to talk to you, can't wait. Because not only do I touch them with genuine value that addresses their challenges, but they're waiting for the two other ideas I want to share with them. And when I get on the call with them, I'm ready for those two other ideas. And again, there's no intent here to sell. There's only intent to drive genuine value. The remarkable things that happens after that, as you start the conversation, whether it's that particular conversation or sometime in the future, people come back and say, by the way, since I have you on the phone, Chad, and you're talking about content delivery, can you help me set up the iTunes store? Can you help me set up the YouTube channel? And of course, the answer is, yeah, well, let's talk about it. That's targeted value. That's great. So if I may, let me just bring some of your ideas into the medical market. And I love your idea of crowdsourcing and interviewing others. And we all know that the most influential person in a doctor's life is another doctor. So what about going out and interviewing some of the key opinion leaders in that particular medical community? Who are some of the key cardiologists? And if you go back to the Cracking the Physician Code course and go to the module about gathering intelligence, um, you'll, you'll find the scripts for asking a physician to be interviewed or, um, or sending an email. And what if, for example, you did a set of interviews just asking doctors, what are some of your best practices? How did you achieve this level of success? And if you're the person who has the repository of all of the thought leaders' best practices, imagine the kind of value that you deliver. So um, I also just wanted to remind you that you have these amazing pearls of wisdom. Every single advisor that I go to has these little, little ideas that are really important. And if you have a way of collecting your little pearls of wisdom, you can string them together. So just pay attention to when you hear your client say, hmm, I've never thought of that before, or great question, or wow, that, that's a great idea. Every time somebody says that to you, that's some 
um, evidence that you've stumbled upon your pearl of wisdom. So collect them. You know, don't just lose them. Um, so, Chad, I know our time is drawing to a close, but what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making? By the way, I love your idea as far as tapping into some of the best minds out there and creating a booklet or an audio book or a video series uh, and say, what has been some of the best, in, as you said, the best investment or the best financial decision you've made? And then compile a list that then you share not only with them, and it kind of opened the door for you to talk to this individual, but then it, you share it with your audience. So I, I love the idea uh, that you so, – so the biggest mistakes um, – the first mistake I've seen on the web is, uh, and I think Michael actually hinted to that before, no one knows about you. So if you Google yourself recently, which I think, Vicky, you started the session that way, um, Google yourself and find out what comes out, not only on your name and your company name and your web name, but anything that is associated with your brand that needs to be found. So, for example, I've just recently created um, – Raising the Bar, B-A-R-R, which I, I find to be quite innovative. Uh, so if that is one of my brands, I should Google that and see what are the results. And if not well served, I should start writing and developing more content around that. So not finding yourself or, or being the biggest kept secret is probably one of the biggest mistakes that people need to move out of. Uh, the second thing that comes to mind from uh, biggest mistake is stagnation. People either don't put up their wisdom out there, and if they do, they do so for a period of time, and then they stop. Or they're not consistent in the delivery of their knowledge, so, so they're just way too stagnant. Uh, and the third one, that somewhat is related to that, but yet, yet different, they need to be provocative. I don't want to read the advice and say, I've heard it before. It's the same as every other piece of financial advice I hear. I would like to read the kind of advice that I say to myself, wow. I never thought about it this way. And I just read some of the titles for you this morning that I just did grab my attention in the Wall Street Journal just in the past 48 hours or so. Take a look at some of those publications. They could also be the insight into what you should write about. And just if I pick out one of those, the finances of, of serious illness, which was the topic in yesterday's Wall Street Journal, why not even develop your own article? In yesterday's publication in the journal, uh, they talked about um, the finances of serious illness. I agree with most of the spirit of the article, however. And now you're starting to add your provocative, your, your contrarian approach to what's being said out there. Uh, so, so anyway, those are some of the mistakes I see, Vicki. Well, great, thanks. So I recommend that everyone on the line Sign up for Chad's series, Raising the Bar, for two reasons. The first reason is that you want this content. I mean, these ideas are great ideas. Second thing is, why don't you use Chad as a model for you? How can you create something that's like what Chad is offering for your doctor clients or if you're in other niches for others? Now, Chad, I just love this this tagline, raising the bar. How can people create their own taglines, you know, something that's really creative and, and kind of provocative like that? <laughs> uh, so actually, I talked about my co-author, Ellen Weiss. That tagline came from his wife, Maria. I think we were at dinner time, and she said, I got a tagline for you. Why not consider raising the bar? And it was that moment that you can almost hear the music above, you know. Oh, my God, this is unbelievable. So just listening, I call it almost serendipity. Very carefully listen to what's being said. 
uh, I talked about creating thought, uh, to more thought leaders, which came oftentimes our clients are telling us exactly the taglines we should use. Uh, so my first suggestion, listen very carefully to your clients and, and pay attention to how they're describing what it is that you do. Maybe even ask them sometime, how would you describe what it is that I do? I think you'll be amazed with what your clients say about you. And then whether it's a mastermind group, just pose the question out there. Say, I'm creating a new book. I'm creating a new product. I'm creating a new brand. What are your thoughts about giving me a powerful title name that will dis- best describe what it is that I do? So listen to your clients is number one. And number two, your mastermind groups uh, is, is the second advice I would give you to create your taglines. Well, Chad, thank you so much. This content that you have presented to us just has so much value. I appreciate your time. If people want to know more about what you do or the kind of value you deliver, how, what's the next step? Where should they go? Uh, great, great question. Uh, so first of all, chadbar.com is my blog, and I put a lot of content there all the time between articles, visuals, podcasts, and videos. So C-H-A-D-B-A-R-R. Uh, yeah, BAR.com. Uh, we are about six weeks away from launching our brand new website. Right now it's cbsoftware.com, but it will become the chadbargroup.com, which is going to be really remarkable for the value created. And lastly, I would say, which is not related to how to find me, uh, before I got on the call, Vicky, I looked at YouTube and I just searched for the word financial advice. And I was amazed with the amount of YouTube channels that are out there today that are providing financial advice. So I encourage everyone who's listening who wants to get some additional ideas, go to YouTube, put in their financial space advice, and I think you'll see some very interesting channel, including, and I have no financial interest in recommending, but I, the top, one of the top is a guy by the name of Jeff Rose, and I spent a couple of minutes just to see. And he's doing, I believe, some great stuff, very easily leveraging videos. So do that. And the last one, you can just call my private line if you want to talk about this further, 440-394-8004. All right. Thank you, Chad, and thank you, everyone on the line, for making this investment in taking your practice to the next level by acquiring physician clients. I I appreciate your dedication. You are healing the world because, remember, the major source of pain here is financial. Every client that you acquire and work with is one more step towards financial healing. So thanks, everyone. Two weeks from today, we have Andy Malloy, who will be talking about how to create videos that are compliant. Andy is a financial advisor himself. He's walking financial advisors through the process of capturing their, um, their unique intellectual property. So we'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Thanks again, Chad. Thank you all. I appreciate this. All right. Bye-bye, all. Bye. Bye-bye.